Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Friends of the Show podcast. The only show hosted by me, Stephen W. Skinner, where I talk to some of the funny and interesting people who I've met through Twitter. This week's friend is Rachel Mandic at Rachel underscore Mandic. One of the most creative and fun and coolest people that I have met. Uh, it was great chatting with her. I get to hear her great stories about Iceland and her international travels. And also what it's like having synesthesia, which means she can taste sounds and hear colors. So for those people listening with synesthesia, I hope this episode sounds sweet. Oh boy, here we go, Friends of the Show, episode 14 with Rachel Mandic. Te achidere possum said to edere non possum nefas est. They can kill you, but the legalities of eating you are quite a bit dicier. David Foster Wallace. Well, welcome to the show, Friends of the Show podcast, episode 14 with Rachel Mandek. Wait, why can't I say that right? Rachel. <laughs> Rachel Mandek, Rachel everyone. Mandek. Thank you. Yeah, welcome to of, the show. You know, man and dick. It's pretty pretty simple. You spend, uh, <laughs> in the email, you spelled it phonetically for me, and I still just couldn't. It's <laughs> Rachel Mandek. So, um, but I will refer to you as Ray, if that's all right. Yes. Everyone can call me Ray. Anyone out there who wants to call me, call me Ray. Call her Ray, everyone. So let's unpack. Let's talk about the quote for okay. uh, a long time because it is our first quote that is in Latin. First of all, first uh, awesome. DFW quote: David Foster Wallace, pretty uh, learned and influential philosophy contemporary guy. <laughs> That's all true. That's yeah. all true. I don't know much. Um, I don't know much about him. I admit. Oh. Well, um, really, he was the greatest writer of my generation. I'm not even, I'm not sure. Are we in the same generation? I'm Generation X. So mm, he was. Yeah, I'm on the cusp. Yeah. I'm, I'm technically on the, gus, on the cusp, too. But really, I can't claim to. I'm at the, at the tail end of Generation X. So, um, but he definitely squarely was. And he sadly took his life a number of years ago. Uh, but he was. He was our great shining hope in literature, and he wrote these gigantic, sprawling, incredible opuses, the most influential of which was um, Infinite Jest. And I read it the first time when I was in college. A friend of mine came barging into my room just out of nowhere. She's like, she throws this giant phone book type book at me. She's like, you have to read this now. And already I was injured by it in a way. I was physically <laughs> injured by this book. And then it would become, it would become, you know how like you get, I don't know if you're the kind of person who like will pick at a wound. Like if you get like a little scrape and it, it scabs over and you'll pick it. It's sure. like, yeah. Well, it was, so it was, it was like the kind of like the psychic equivalent of that. Like I read <laughs> this book for the first time and it, it, it changed me, but it, it also like wounded me in a way. So I, I, I've read it now five times. I just keep picking at it um, and seeing that, you know, seeing what's what's there still, what I've missed. There's always something new. But it, it's um, highly influential in my life. And it's just, it's funny. It's difficult 
And that's what people complain about. Oh, it's long. Oh, it's difficult. There are so many big words. <laughs> just get over it. Get over it. Just read it and you'll find that you understand these big words. If you want to go look them up in a dictionary, go do that because it's very rewarding to find out what new words mean. But if you don't, you'll still, it'll, it'll seep into you and become part of you. And it's really not hard to read this book. It's life-changing to read this book. Um, so it's a Rachel Recommends. Everyone yeah, go check highly. it out. Infinite Jest, if you've heard of it. Uh, David Foster Wallace. Definitely, I will, I'll think about checking it out. Seems like it's probably worth everyone it. Everyone thinks about checking it out. Everyone I guess that's says, right. Yeah, you just have to do it's it. It's on everyone's to-read list, and so few people have actually read it. Or there are even more people who've made it halfway through. Um, it's our generation's um, Gravity's Rainbow, I think, in a way like mm. that. So, Or Ulysses. A lot of people say, oh, I'm going to read Ulysses by James Joyce, and they get halfway through, and they're like, I can't. I just can't anymore for whatever reason. Well, it's cra- um, crazy, those, like, huge books, like those tomes that are, mm-hmm. you know, people are daunting to read, right? Uh, and, yeah, I guess sometimes you don't make it. Sometimes you don't yeah. make it through. But for this one, you got to persist, you got to stick with it, and you'll you be a better it. person on the other side, right? Yeah, you'll, you'll definitely be. Well, you'll be a different person on the other side. You'll be changed. You'll be somebody I want to know more <laughs> right. on the other side. <laughs> you'll be friends with Rachel. Um, yeah, be friends with me, read this book, giant book. Yeah, and so we didn't touch on the fact, really, that it was Latin, but yeah. uh, so great pronunciation, presumably. Presumably, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there are any Latin scholars out there who want to, you know, give me a hard time about my pronunciation, I'm, I can take it. It's yeah, fine. at Ra- Rachel Mandic underscore yeah, Mandic. Yeah, at Rachel on. underscore Mandic. Um, so sure, give me a shout out and tell me my Latin note. sucks. Yeah, because uh, I have no way of fact-checking that, um, but it sounded good. It sounded uh, legit coming uh, when you read it, so there's that. Latin is one of those languages, too. I mean, that, like it. Um, I don't know Latin very well. I did study it a little um, in school, but not enough to – I certainly didn't study conversational Latin. Um, that's just something that some people pick up later in life, and I, I didn't. I've read a few books about conversational Latin, and there are some jokes or whatever um, that I haven't memorized. So don't ask, don't ask me to tell a joke in Latin. I can't. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> but you know a but little, it, and that's just that's just the right amount, I know, right? I know enough to be dangerous. I know enough to, to read this quote and sound like I did it properly. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think you did it justice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but the quote itself is really funny because it comes from, so in the, in the book, there's a tennis academy um, called Enfield Tennis Academy. And um, a bunch of, of tennis prodigies go to this school. It's like, you know, like a grade school through high school type intensive training, preparing everyone for like Olympic level competition. And this is their motto. Oh, okay. It's like, you know, it's really funny when you think about heraldry or like, you know, you see somebody's coat of arms and it has some really glib kind of cute Latin phrase on it. Like, oh, in wine is truth, you know, in vino veritas, that yeah. kind of crap. Yeah, but you, you got to keep it simple. Big... <laughs> keep it flashy. <laughs> but you get this big thing instead. And it's just um, it's just really amusing because yeah, when you, especially when you give the translation it's like well why would you put that on a, like why why would you put that on a coat of arms yeah it is a bit interesting i don't know I, yeah it wouldn't really get the team spirit going for me yeah <laughs> <laughs> well no tennis isn't a, a team sport though well, okay it's it a doubles. highly individualized I mean, sport i guess you're right yeah i was thinking maybe doubles oh yeah i can be a I don't team know sport. much about te- all i know about tennis honestly i've learned from infinite jest 
that that's all. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. It's your uh, main source of info for a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds great. Well, thank you for providing us with our first David Foster Wallace quote. I'm sure many more to come, right? I hope it's not the last. Yeah. Uh, so that's how we know our guest is a learned person of knowledge, <laughs> a person of letters uh, joining us this week. So thank you for joining us, uh, for taking a break from your scholarly pursuits. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I uh, just a little bit of background about uh, our like n- friendship. We uh, I was a big fan of your funny tweets for a long time, and then uh, one day you followed me back, and we have a bunch of mutual friends. So it's great now we're uh, we're in some DM rooms, and it's great to uh, to know you. So very happy to have you on, and thank you again. Very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. This is a blast. Awesome. So uh, I always ask people to bring some stories, and you sent. The options. So, like in the Travis episode, uh, the prof- yeah, Professor yeah, Hinckley. Like in the Travis episode. Uh, remember the Travis episode, everyone, where I he told three stories. I can't choose, so maybe we'll get the the little bit briefer edition of all the stories that you sent. Uh, oh no! <laughs> okay. Unless unless you want me to cut one, I'll cut one. We can do two. Uh, no, I mean I can't. I just can't decide. The, all of the titles are so good. All they're all they're all interesting to you. Yeah, they all seem interesting. Maybe uh, maybe we'll just do the first two. The, so the first one, the first uh, title of the story is I'm not even sure if I'm going to be able to pronounce this. I'll correctly. pronounce it if you want. Okay, yeah. What is it? Ein Breit Brew. Ein Breit Brew. <laughs> or I like all your stories have like a subtitle or alternate title, uh, or how easy it is to die in Iceland. Yeah. So um, I like most people decide to visit new places in the world based on the media that I consume. So I see a movie and something looks particularly gorgeous. And I say to myself, self, I'm going to go there. I'm going to check that out. Or I read about someplace and I say, Oh, I'm going to go there. I haven't visited that place. Um, or I hear a band from a country that I don't live in and I think they're great. So I'm going to visit that country. So in this case, I saw a movie. It was shortly after nine 11. I was living in New York city and, um, Obviously, a very traumatic experience. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's... Um, and I saw um, I saw this Hal Hartley movie called No Such Thing. And even diehard Hal Hartley fans, most of them haven't seen this movie. It wasn't it wasn't as popular as some of his others. And that's, you know, and that's even we're talking about an art movie director who most people don't even know. So in the we're talking place. niche. Yeah, it's pretty niche. Anyway, but it, I, I saw this film and it was set entirely in Iceland almost entirely in Iceland. And I was consumed by a desire to go to Iceland. I had never really even thought about Iceland. I, it was just sitting there in the Atlantic, just doing its own thing. And yeah, it's always just there. Just chilling. It's always been there. I just I hadn't thought about it at all before, even though I was really into Bjork. I, I didn't think about Iceland much or didn't think about going. But I saw this film and I said, oh my God, this is the most beautiful place on earth and I have to go there. And I told everyone I was going. I was going alone. I had nowhere to go with. And I, of course, I was feeling dangerous and impetuous because, you know, <laughs> life could end at any moment. Somebody mm-hmm. could fly a couple of planes into the buildings and you could die. Right. And um, so I said, I'm just going to I'm just going to go over there. And uh, I made the plans to do it. And I told my family I was going for eight days. I told my dad, and he's like, uh, you know, you might want to check out their travel advisories for the, you know, for for that country. And I said, what do you mean? He said, it's really dangerous. I said, how so? He said, it's dangerous to drive there. Lots of people die. Lots of tourists die every year visiting Iceland. I said, why? Don't they have, you know, modern roads and conveniences? He said, just just check it out. And sure enough, at the time, I don't know if this is still true. 
at the time their webs like the website their like tourism like main interface the tourism website this is 2002 early 2002 listed the number of tourist casualties for the previous like four oh, years geez uh, that's not really a selling point <laughs> yeah iceland tourism board <laughs> i thought oh my god i just checked it tonight i checked i checked their website tonight it's not, it doesn't say that anymore though there are pages and pages about and pages <laughs> about the day road safety of driving in iceland yeah wow um so the reason it's dangerous is because there's really only one main road that goes all the way across around the country and there are secondary and tertiary roads that go into the interior some of them are impassable through most of the year because they're frozen over um and some of them are only and some of them are through mountains and some of them are on unpaved surfaces or barely paved surfaces so they the website says gravel track but when they say gravel track what they really mean is boulders the size roughly the size of a human head. <laughs> I didn't see any actual human heads. Okay, but, that's um, good. They they underplayed the 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 graveliness of the gravel. Right, and you're it, expecting gravel <laughs> not boulders. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I go over there, you know, naive but, you know, starstruck by the idea of spending <laughs> time in this beautiful country and it was. Honestly, I I have to tell you, I've been to a number of places on this planet. And it's so far still the most beautiful place on earth. Oh, wow. Would give anything to go back there. Maybe stay there, but they don't want us. Anyway, that's another story. So I go over there and I fly into Reykjavik like everyone. And then I get on a little propeller plane and fly out to the east coast of the country. And there I pick up uh, a rental car. I figure, oh, I'm going to spend eight days driving around the southern rim of the country. I'm going to stay on the main road. Maybe I'll take a little detour into the secondary roads if they're open. I said... I could see some beautiful things like volcanoes and glaciers, all true. There are almost no trees in Iceland, which is interesting. So if you have tree allergies, it's a great place to go. Ah, I do. Oh. <laughs> I do have tree allergies. Maybe yeah. I'll definitely check that out. <laughs> so I, I got a, a Toyota Yaris or something, like ah, stick yes. shift, like small compact, like compact car. Uh, thank oh. God for the stick shift. Ah, um, yes, the manual other, transmission. You know, I would have been, I definitely would have been one of the casualties on the, the tourist website. Um, but they have no, so addition in addition to the gravel, they have no um, barriers. So you could just like accidentally drive off into the sea. So you, like, yeah, you're going dr- around just a, drive into the sea, just drive into a volcano. Like, drive oh, into a volcano, drive into the sea. But the, the Einbreith route is roughly translated, it means one lane road. And there are lots of these. And if, if you're... I don't know if you have any experience with one-lane roads, but I didn't. I had never been on a one-lane road, so I don't know what the I don't know what the rules are. Right. I don't know you're supposed to pull over for a bigger vehicle or pull over for if you know if a vehicle seemed farther com- closer to you than you were to it. I, it was it was um, <laughs> anyway. So I ended up on this mountain pass, and it was the visibility was like zero. And then halfway through a tunnel, I see a sign that says I'm drive through. And I said, wait, uh, this is not a good time to tell me that this is a one-way road. I'm halfway through a tunnel on the top of a mountain. And then I see the lights. I see the headlights of doom coming <laughs> of towards me. And I said, oh, my God. It's it's like a, it's a tractor trailer. And it's honking at me. And I am panicking. And I, I don't know what to do. It's honking and honking. I'm like, what is the thing that I do here? It obviously thinks it has the right of way, so I'm going to go backwards, I guess, through this mountain pass. Oh, man. And hope I don't misjudge where the end of the... So 
And I, I was crying, you know, I was like, I'm uh, by yeah. myself. Stressful I'm a, situation. I'm this little girl in a Toyota Yaris. I mean, no offense, Toyota, but like, oh my gosh, um, somebody should have told me that I needed a four wheel drive Jeep. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I didn't die, but it was, I just, and that wasn't the only experience that I had of, of almost dying. Like that was, that was one of a few. Yeah. You're uh, there for eight days, right? You were saying? I so that's like a lot days, of and driving. I, and the tr- the um the route that I had plotted out for myself it seemed reasonable. No, anybody that I sent it to said, "Oh yeah, you can probably do that. Fine, it's no problem." But there were there were various and you know, nobody really. I I didn't have a cell phone that worked at the time. I didn't think of getting it. They offered me a satellite phone for some like ungodly <laughs> sum of money. Right. I said, "What am I going to need that for?" And then I realized that on on one a completely different mountain pass I where I did not think my car was going to make it. A satellite phone would have been really useful useful for calling in a helicopter or something mm-hmm. to save my ass. Mm-hmm. Because So I'd, I highly recommend doing a lot of research about driving in Iceland before you go driving in Iceland because it's really easy to die in Iceland. And if you're going to die somewhere, I guess you should die in the most beautiful place on Earth. But yeah, that'd be the bright side. I, I'd prefer to keep everyone alive if possible yeah well a harrowing a harrowing tale but glad you made it out the okay on the other side plus you're probably a better driver for it right um obviously you had some uh, manual transmission experience yeah, driving a stick right. I, I i when i got home i i told my dad a million thank yous for teaching me how to drive manual transmission you know, that that's what i learned on. yeah yep so it was rough. It almost destroyed our really father daughter relationship. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, it's um, tough to find that balance between the clutch and the gas. Yeah. Oh, for so you're long. You're crying right? in the gears. You're crying in the gears. Can't yes. you feel it? So it's thank you. Thanks, mom, for uh, for teaching me. And I also got very frustrated. But then obviously it was well worth it <laughs> to uh, know yeah. how to drive manual transmission and uh, still know how uh, to this day. Yeah, first gear, absolutely essential in Iceland. All right, so that was the key, right? Because you have to go slow up these crazy mountain passes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oof. In your yeah, <laughs> Toyota <slow>. Yaris. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would rec. I mean, you know, the Yaris, the Yaris is a nice little car, um, but it's not. Um, I would not recommend that you get one if you're. Yeah, say more like a Land be. Rover if possible. Yeah, Land Rover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact, in the movie, I thought back to the movie. And, like, that's all that anyone drove were Land Rovers. Of course. They knew how to do it in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, I'm glad that you didn't die. So, next I story is... Uh, the next story where I didn't die. Uh, the next story where you don't die, hopefully, is uh, of stolen cameras and horse tranquilizers. The international language of barfing on the side of the road. So, great title again. <laughs> <laughs> so, this story takes place in Ireland. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you've ever visited Ireland. Unfortunately, I have not gone there. Oh. When I was in the UK, I did not get to go there. So. Oh, but, well, it's, well, when I lived in the UK, I didn't go there either. I had to wait until li- much later when I decided, oh, I want to go to Ireland. Yes, that's where I'm at um, now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I had just met, I had just been out on my second date with a man who would become my husband. Oh my, let's is, give him a shout out. Uh, Pete, yeah, Pete Mandic. Uh, follow Pete Mandic on Twitter. Mandic. There we go. Yeah. So yeah, I had just we had just had our second date, and um, I was already falling for him really hard. And, uh, and he said, "Oh, I'd love to see you again. You know, when can I see you?" And I said, "Oh, well, I'm going. To, I'm going to Ireland for a couple of weeks. I'm not yeah. sure when I'm going to be back. I thought, you know, keep it mysterious. But <laughs> I, you know, I want to make a date for the exact day that I get back. Mm-hmm. Do that. So I was flying high on uh, 
on all these these ideas of oh, how I just met the, the best guy and you know this is going to be the one and you know just silly girl fantasies. I was right, but it it, it uh, you know. I it's still fun, right? Yeah, yeah, you get to fantasize about old Petey Mandic. Why not? Well, his, his parents call him that. He hates it. <laughs> oh, sorry, Petey. <laughs> um, so I I went to Ireland, and I, a friend, my best girlfriend goes there every year. She loves Ireland. She's Irish. And she, um, she gave me some tips about where to visit and what to do. Um, and she particularly recommended to me the little town of Doolin on the West Coast. She said, there's the best traditional music there. It's really just like, it's really beautiful. On the West Coast, you'll see all kinds of things. You can visit the Cliffs of Moher. You can, you know, see where Father Ted was filmed. Oh, <laughs> said, that's, okay, yes. Put that soul. on the tour. Yeah. So I, I said, okay, I'll, I'll definitely put that on the agenda. <laughs> so I I spent a bunch of time in Dublin, and then um, I took lots of gorgeous photographs, and photography is a, is a, a serious hobby for me. And I had just gotten a new digital camera, so I was taking what I thought were the award-winning Killer photographs. Killer shots. Probably, it's probably a stretch. They probably weren't award-winning photographs, but they were pretty darn good photographs. And so by the time I made my way out to the West Coast by train... Um, I saw I was visiting Galway and I went all these little tours. And I went I went up to Doolin. It was uh, not far from Galway, and um, I found myself in a pub with a bunch of locals. It seemed like a local. That's what I like to do when I travel. I try to find a place that's like not too touristy. Yes. Um, and so I was chatting it up with a bunch of locals, and they seemed like funny fellows. And I was the only woman, and I felt, you know, I felt strong and capable and uh, clever and. They were all giving me their 100% attention, and they all had the Irish gift of gab. I know it's a, it's um, you know, it's a cliche, but it's true. Um, they these guys could tell stories that it, you just your head would spin. And um, they're up there funny and they're strange stories, and I was just captivated. And I was listening attentively for hours, drinking Guinness and blah blah blah. And then I decided it was time to call it a night and go home to my um, bed and breakfast. And I was checking my stuff, and I realized I didn't have my camera. My camera was gone. No. I, I said, anybody see my camera? And the guys were all like, no, no, did you have a camera? And I said, yeah, I definitely had one. It was right here at my feet. And they said, no, we didn't see it. So um, I went back to, I was freaking out because this thing cost me a fortune. Yeah. And there were all those photographs all on it. Like shots. more than the camera itself. It was all my memories were on this. This this was the end of my, toward the end of my trip. Uh-huh. And um, so I went back to my bed and breakfast. I was like sick. I was heart sick and freaking out. And um, and the, the woman, the proprietress said, I, I told her the story. I said I was hanging out with, she's like, who were you hanging out with last? And I said, <laughs> what? Well, I, I told her the names of the, the guys that I was hanging out with. And she said, I think, I think I know who took it. Sure I do. And I said, what? Yeah, I know who took it. And I said, okay, well, who is it? And, and she told me it was Jerry. Oh, I knew um, it. And Jerry was, uh, so I went back to the pub to see if I could find Jerry. And he wasn't there anymore. But this, this really handsome guy who I'd been talking to was, total, was there. And I, <laughs> I said, do you know where I can find Jerry? And he said, yeah, I do. Why do you need him? I said, I think he took my camera. And he said, you know what? He probably did. 
he has this habit of taking stuff off a tourist. I'm like, okay. He's like, come with me. I have to make a few stops. Get, we're going to get in my car. I have to make a few stops, but we're going to find Jerry and we're going to get your camera back. And I said, are you sure? And he said, yeah, I know, I know how to, I know how to handle it. And I said, well, where are we going? He said, well, I'm the local veterinarian. I have to, I have to, um, administer some medication to the, these horses. And I said, what? (laughs) Really? (laughs) He said, yeah, let's go. And we hop in his car. It's a sports car. And Doolin is a lot like, I mean, the west coast of Ireland is a lot like Iceland. It's dangerous. There's lots of um, lots of twisting, winding roads and steep drops and cliffs and beautiful, like, it's on the edge of the edge of the sea. And um, and he's going super fast. And we go, and, and he said, I can't not go to do this horse thing first because the guy that, who owns them, he's, a, he's in the mob. And I would be in so much trouble if I didn't do exactly <laughs> what he said. I said, what? What have wow. I got myself into? The story has a what lot of facets. What have I got myself now. into? <laughs> and so, um, and then we get to the place where the horses are, and he says, "Get out of the car. I need your help." I said, "Help with what?" He said, "I need you to hold the horse's head while I administer the shot in the for, in the in the the leg." And of I said, course. Um, the horse. Like, what if he bites me? I don't have any experience with horses. He's like. No, this horse is pretty tame. Said, it, <laughs> it's a chill said, horse. It belongs a chill horse that belongs to a mobster. And I said, I thought you said it was a racehorse. He had told me it was a racehorse. I'm like, it's a racehorse. It's not just some some pony. And he said, just do it. And I said, okay, all right. So I, here I am holding this horse's head in Ireland, and I'm like, this is a metaphor for my life somehow. This guy's giving it a shot. <laughs> and and then I said, can we, you know, can we go now and um, and find Jerry? And he said, yeah, get, get back in the car. And he goes zooming around. And I said, we're not going back the way we came. I thought you said he was in town. And he said, yeah, I'm taking you on a scenic drive. And I was starting to get sick. And I said, I need you to pull over. And so he said, I, he said, don't worry about it. I know what I'm doing. I'm like, no, I really need you to pull over. I'd had six Guinnesses and I'm a real lightweight. Oh, wow. And so he pulled over and I, of course, was puking my guts out. <laughs> and he came over, nice guy that he is, and held my hair <laughs> Oh yeah, classic gentleman move. And I thought, this guy's really sweet. Yeah. And then, and he said, you know, honestly, it would be best if you weren't with me when I confront him because it could get ugly and violent. So that's so we drove me back to my my bed and breakfast and we parted ways. And I tell I told the proprietress the story I quested. Uh-huh, yeah. Forget about him. Forget about him. He's cute and everything, but I know how to get it back for you. And if I don't get it back for you in time for you to get it back to you before you leave, I'll send it to you in the States. And she did. Oh, she did? Yeah. That's amazing. She got got my camera back, but the memory card was blank. No, that was half the battle. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) That is a downer ending to that story. (laughs) But, you know, in a way... But it had so much. I have so many memories, you know, that... priceless pictures in my mind yeah. of a of the of a racehorse belonging to a mobster up close in the middle of the night that you know what do you need a camera for what do you need photographs when yeah you, have you got a good story but indelible uh, memories would have been good to get those pics though yeah oh uh, well it's a shame 
It's a shame, but I guess, you know, lesson learned. There was a lot of, like, questionable stuff. Like, you went with this weird guy driving around. That's who I was uh, then. I, yeah, was, I, mean, I was the person who went with the weird guy. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, you know, it's fine. There's a time and a place for that. You thought yeah. they were going to get your camera back. Why wouldn't exactly. you? Now, when you're in your early 20s, you're invincible, and you get in the white van when somebody cute asks you to get in the white <laughs> van, and you just hope. You know, that's, I mean, that's how it goes. Yeah, 50-50 chance on those ones. So <laughs> yeah. just just be careful, is all I'm saying, to the listeners. Right, right. <laughs> to the listeners. Don't, you know, don't get in the white van. Yeah. Okay, so now let's keep this podcast train moving, and we'll get into your tweets. So I've asked you to select three hilarious tweets of your own devising, and you have selected the following. The first tweet that you have selected is like this. I couldn't remember the term hazmat suit, so I called it a uh, science burka. <laughs> classic, classic uh, tweet from you. Um, how did you come up with that little gem? That's taken from real life, Stephen. Um, my husband and I were watching the Science Channel, and I was trying to say something about the hazmat suit, and I blanked. I just blanked. <laughs> and I said, you know, the science burka <laughs> so that's that's the best ones when it comes from real life yeah and he just, stopped me right there and he said if you don't tweet yeah. that there's a problem with you he's got a good eye he knows it yeah. right he's yeah. a good judge of the what's funny very funny yeah um so that's great uh, so shout out to pete again for yeah. making that one a, a tweet that we can all love uh science burka I, hope, I hope that catches on i hope that people in like universities are using that <laughs> <laughs> So, very cool. Um, So, the second tweet that we have here is, Beware diet advice that recommends eating light, for that is most certainly the way you become a black hole. (laughs) Because they they consume light. light. (laughs) Even light itself cannot escape. So very clever and a little sciencey. Maybe you learn something. Yeah. So a lot of your tweets. Kind of my one of my little subgenres. Yeah. Uh, I guess we've already established that you are uh, learned, Uh, (laughs) and so it's great that when you you know use your knowledge for good and jokes. And jokes. And fun fun jokes about eating a being a black hole. So uh, were you eating uh, eating light? Are you on a diet one day and you're like, well, that'd be fun. No, I don't. I I came. I I have a I have a cookbook called Cooking Light, and I said, and I just thought about uh-huh. that. I'm like, wait, that was <laughs> and it. And I came up with it. Yeah, you can't cook it. It won't fit in the pan or whatever. Um, cool. So yeah, that's a very good one. Thank you for sharing that. And then the third tweet is <laughs> pretty funny. I just am reading it right now. It, it goes. <laughs> I always imagine like a mom saying this. <laughs> Finish your salad. A thousand islands died to make that dressing. <laughs> thousand island salad. Oh, I was like, like Italians died to make this dressing. <laughs> I was like to do other. Wow. wow. I was like to make other dressings. That's uh, not quite try to as, fit. Um, it's it not quite as funny. It doesn't work. It doesn't work now. No, I don't want to think about it. Caesar died. Caesar died to make this made dressing. dressing. There we go. There. We can it tweet too, it. It too. <laughs> yeah, there we go. See? Knowledge. Latin. 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 It's coming back. It's callbacks. Everyone listen to the podcast for callbacks. <laughs> well, thank you very much for all those lovely tweets. Everyone follow Rachel on Twitter at Rachel underscore Mandic. And uh, yes, continuous, hilarious, and sometimes absurd, hilarious joke content. <laughs> right? 
Yes. Yeah. The absurd is, all the is time. Important. I like and, the I like the absurd and yeah, a unique voice is what I was trying to say. <laughs> Thank you. No, no, I took it as a compliment. Absurdism is uh, is near and dear to me. Yeah, and it makes a joke just extra cool. <laughs> I think I like it. When or it makes it. it fall flat, like my absurdist joke from today just didn't go anywhere. So, I, but I don't I don't care. I'm not going to delete it. Yes, keep it up. It's a hit and miss kind of world that we live in, and right. they can't all be uh, winners. But you know, with yours, they mostly are. Thank you, Stephen. That's our- so. <laughs> I just like to butter up the guests. Um, so <laughs> we get into your picks from uh, other tweeters. Very, yes, very good, good uh, stuff. stuff. We get into it. So this is from future friend of the show, Todd Williams at <laughs> the Todd Williams on Twitter. Now this tweet actually was even put onto Dave Cactus's famous sign of tweets. So yeah. shout out to Dave Cactus who uh, sometimes Cactus. puts uh, tweets onto a sign but his uh, auto body shop uh, and uh, it's really cool so Todd's tweet got on there and this is that tweet my anchor tattoo is so realistic I can't get out of the bathtub because it's so (laughs) there's no way to explain it but it's just good stuff it's really funny Todd always killing it definitely everyone should be following Todd by now he's like one of the superstars of Twitter superstar Superstar and Toronto alum I mean not originally but he resides in our fair town now so shout out to that also (laughs) Canadian uh, mention Canadians yes yes I don't think we mentioned uh, where you were from sometimes the listeners like to know Uh, you're from a state obviously in the US (laughs) yeah I'm originally from Connecticut okay so sort of like northeast. Yeah. Do you know where Massachusetts is? Yes. North, okay. Well, the Connecticut's northeast. right below Massachusetts, but right above New York. Got it. City. I knew it was all. I knew it was in the that area. That yeah. great. That uh, area. They got all the good stuff there. Boston and all those oh. places. Good to know. <laughs> now, the next tweet that you have selected here is from Twitter legend at Drill, and the tweet is: If your grave doesn't say rest in peace on it you are automatically drafted into the skeleton war <laughs> yeah. that is classic drill and if you're not following drill or you don't know about him what are you doing get on it just like one of the most uh, crazy absurd funny uh, accounts out there it's just like one of the all times right one of the all time yeah top, top people. all time you know all time weird twitter Legend. All time, yeah, all those words. Weird Twitter legend, uh, drill. He doesn't follow me, but it's okay. It's one of those things. He's like, mm. you just, you think somebody's so brilliant and so awesome, you don't even bother trying to court their attention. So oh, like, yeah. You know what? Would never this person's, this person's awesome, and I'm going to assiduously follow everything they do. Definitely. I mean, not in a stalkery way, but. No, just in the uh, regular consuming regular their content, following, yeah, following way. the regular way to do it. So, uh, thank you for that. What did you particularly like about this? Is it the imagery of the skeleton war? I really found this like really jogged my uh, imagination. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's just some of the best tweets, some of the best like one-liners or like short tweets are um, just they save that little bit of something for the end. Um, you think it might be going in one direction, but then it just comes up and bitch slaps you. It's like, wait, that, I can't believe I've never thought of that. That's really, that's brilliant and funny and weird. It's just deeply weird. Yeah, the bitch slap twist uh, tweets are always the best. Yeah. Because you, you never see it coming and wham, skeleton war. <laughs> skeleton war. You never see it coming. And I think of that all the time now. 
you know, I go to a graveyard. I mean, not like all the time, but if I find myself in a graveyard, you're like, uh oh. I, I say skeleton war, skeleton war, skeleton. <laughs> you're safe. Skeleton. You're safe. Draft yeah. dodger. <laughs> <laughs> Draft dodger. Awesome. So let's keep this party moving. Uh, the final tweet that you have selected from literally a lot of very funny tweets. I know it's very hard to pick uh, just three, but thank you for doing so. From the lovely Abby Cohen at Abby Cohen WL. Uh, also very great tweeter. Definitely you got to follow Abby. Um, very cool and nice person. Very funny too. And the tweet is... Realized I never said, unquote, after reciting a famous poem in 10th grade. Sorry if you thought everything I've said since is Shakespeare. How would they think that, Abby? But yeah, very funny. Cause so good. If you don't so say good. it, it's technically, you know, you're still technically saying it. You're still technically you're saying the quote. <laughs> yeah, right. That's how, that's how yes. it works. It's like freeze tag. It's, or, a, par- or, it's a paradox. It's like if someone jinxes you, you can't. You can't speak until someone says your name mm-hmm. to be released. Wait, that's how it works? It's, yeah, the law. I think, so. I think I'm still jinxed. <laughs> oh, Therefore, no. we're maybe not even having this conversation. Yeah, speak. The, we're going to, I'm going to listen back and it's just going to be me talking to no one. Oh, wow. Like a horror movie twist. Sort of like, uh, yeah, vampires can't be seen in mirrors, but if you're <laughs> yeah, jinxed, can't you can't be recorded on a podcast. <laughs> It could happen. Well, great picks. Uh, again, Abby, one of the best. Um, Drill, Twitter legend, and the Todd Williams. We're going to have him on a future show. So Yay! be sure to send in your questions at FOTSPod on Twitter. Now we get to move. Okay, I'm going to try a new thing here. because yep, Yeah, you'll be the first one to hear this thing. Because we're going to go to the Twitter questions. And oh, okay. Twitter questions will be the... Jeopardy music playing. <laughs> How about that? From awesome. The, from the show Jeopardy, playing music during the podcast. Uh, might work on that, but yeah, I got this little uh, thing here that plays songs, so I can and just. Uh... Do you know that they released a new DuckTales uh, thing today? I have this duck- What? <laughs> <laughs> you remember DuckTales? I think so. Yeah. So they're doing yeah, a new, they're doing a reboot of DuckTales. I am like a slightly like slightly older than you, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't I think, think we, I watched no. DuckTales. Yeah, Gen X is not lining up with my whatever. <laughs> I was aware of DuckTales, Gen but it, like didn't consume DuckTales. Okay. So that brings us to questions from Twitter. And the first is from the very first friend of the show, uh, Jess, uh, at Jess Okay Fine. Everyone go check out her episode and check out these questions. Best song for a rainy day? Best song for a rainy day. Um, that would be Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, Second Movement. Ooh, yes, on the classical tip. Love it. I love that answer. Next question from Jess is, favorite place to picnic? <laughs> favorite place to picnic is in Iceland. There you go. Did you actually get to picnic or you just know that it would be? It would be. I did. Yeah, I don't think you could call it picnicking if you like kind of make a stop at a 24-hour uh, place and get <laughs> no. and get smoked salmon and and like crackers but no you're like eating out of a vending machine that's not a picnic oh no no it wasn't a vending machine i went shopping but i didn't eat it out in the open i ate, ate it in my little toyota yaris <laughs> right yes that's yeah. a, <laughs> a lovely place to eat <laughs> right um okay great so it comes back to iceland and then uh another final question from jess top vacation spot i'm gonna guess <laughs> <laughs> let's go uh iceland yeah, How yeah did iceland. We know? and you know for us i mean 
for me living where I do, it's only a, like a five hour flight. It's easier to get to, it's easier to get to Iceland than it Oof, is to get to breeze. most of the other parts of the United States. So you just live in like live uh, wherever and commute to Iceland, commute to Iceland. Five hours. <laughs> it wouldn't be that bad. It's not a commute, really, but it's um, it's really just so close. So there you go, Jess. Uh, Iceland Thanks, Jess. was two of the two of the answers, <laughs> uh, and Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Yeah, second movement. Oh, it's got to be second movement. Why not the whole thing? You <laughs> well, hate hating so on the first, first bit is a little bit, and the last bit maybe the second and third movement, but the first um movement and the last movement are a little too bombastic it doesn't really go with rainy day which is a little bit more Uh, contemplative right well will i understand second movement if i haven't heard first movement (laughs) (laughs) yes okay great so uh moving on to the next question is from our good pal timmy uh at the timmy toes on twitter everyone (laughs) please follow him he's a great uh, question asker and loyal friend of the podcast um so he also asks three questions uh the first question do you have a car presumably a toyota yaris it's not a toyota yaris yes i have i have two cars okay i live in the suburbs now so cha-ching living that life driving so second question is a follow-up to the car question (laughs) do you keep jumper cables in your car (laughs) no i don't this is leading at least i don't i don't think i do i mean if if they're there i don't know about them because maybe Mm. pete put them there but i I hope you did you should really have them in your car it's uh i mean i'm from canada but you're in the northeast right so you should still probably have them so the jumper cable question leads into this question don't they look like little dragon mouths? <laughs> they do. You talk they about do. the jumper cables. I mean, I, I've seen jumper cables. Yes, you're we aware I, I, what I, they, they look like. They look like dragon mouths, or you know, it's hard to say because dragons are fictional. So right. maybe dragon mouths don't look anything like that. Oh, that's true. I mean, but I guess also dragon mouths can look like whatever you want. Therefore, it can yeah. look exactly like they can a look jumper like cable. My mouth, for example. Oh and, yeah. I mean, probably. Yeah, maybe. And the sparks when they. It, you put it on the battery, the little sparks. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like, like a dragon. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Timmy, for that fun and thank interesting you, uh, series of questions. And we move on to some guy, Pete Mandic. <laughs> some Pete, guy. Pete Mandic right. on Twitter. Definitely follow uh, this yes, hilarious follow. gentleman. Yeah. And I'm sure you are aware of this guy. <laughs> so <laughs> his question is, what are mugs? <laughs> what are mugs? This is an inside joke. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be funny to anybody else. Listeners. All right. You got to catch us up. (laughs) But I'll just, I'll just answer it. You know, I'll answer it straight and I'll say um, mugs are tall cylinders with handles or they're tall bowls with handles. That might get me in trouble. Somebody has a brilliant tweet about mugs. um, or something about it being muggy out and somebody puts a bunch of mugs out. That's a classic gag. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Do you know whose that is? I don't. I don't remember. I don't, but I think I've seen it done a few yeah. times. Anyway, so um, but you know, just sometimes you get aphasic. You just like don't remember what a word means. Yep. Uh, like for example, science burka. Got it. Uh, so <laughs> he, uh, a friend of mine, bought me a couple mugs for my birthday, and uh, he, I said, oh, I don't know what to put this hot chocolate in. And he said, Well, why don't you get one of the mugs? And I said, What are mugs? <laughs> <laughs> I could not, for the life of me, understand what what he was saying. Like it just, I'd never heard that word before. And then he just has made fun of me. This has been for years. This, um, almost eleven years ago, this happened. And then, so what are mugs? Wow, yeah. What are mugs? What are they, though? It is hard to describe, kind of. What are mugs? Yeah. A ceramic 
beverage Ceramic container. Ceramic cylinders with a handle attached. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for letting us in on that joke. And thank <laughs> you, Pete, for uh, asking that completely inside joke. I think yeah. that's a funny. There was a funny inside joke on the Bex episode, too. So that only the person asking the question and Bex knew what was going on. But, uh, you know, it's fun for everybody. <laughs> okay. So next question comes from Tom Trombone. At, at <laughs> I bet this is going to be good. Sammy's dat 2003. Sammy's dat. Sammy's dat. That's a word that comes up a lot in Infinite Jest, as a matter of fact. Oh, that's why you like this guy. He's a, yeah, he's well, a jest he's head. A brilliant <laughs> at reply person. He just he does he barely tweets anything of his own original, but he's so smart and clever with just his replies. Fun at reply guy. Yeah, like mm-hmm. uh, everyone uses Twitter differently, and I uh, myself used to be a, a mostly at reply kind of guy, uh, and yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, that's fun. So thank you, Tom, for sending in your question, which is this. What the heck happened to season two of Twin Peaks? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the question. So it's very specific. Uh, what the heck happened to season two of Twin Peaks? Yeah, so I don't know, because there was two seasons of the original Twin Peaks, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I thought um, it was fine. <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't know. I blame the log lady. That's, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right. Well, shout out to Log Lady. May you rest in peace. Um, and then from this next question comes from Adam at Adam Brood on Twitter. Uh, so his question is, if you had to get a tattoo right now, <laughs> what would it be? Well, oh, I had to get a tattoo right now. Right now. Like the guy's got the thing going. He's already turned it on. And you gotta um, go. I think I'd get a tattoo of... Iceland? <laughs> you can't answer Iceland for every question. It's not gonna... I mean, no, sure, I that does work. Okay. It does actually work for every question, yeah. It does. I mean, you could What happened to season two in Twin Peaks? Iceland. That's what happened. Iceland. That's what happened. It, um, no, see, I already have a really huge tattoo. Mm. And that I think I've... I feel like I, I maxed out with getting such a large tattoo. Mm. My first... You know, my first time out at the gate. And I... Yeah. I, Normally it's the opposite, right? I think I could right? get another one. You get a super tiny one, you get a small yeah. one, and you kind of get addicted and you graduate, and then eventually you have a huge sleeve. But I guess if you start with a gigantic one, like a multiple trip one. Well, no, it was all one trip because I'm a badass and I can take the pain. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of myself, so I would do, like, <laughs> even for a tiny, you know, dime-sized one, I'd probably do a couple trips at least. You know what I would get? I would get, if I were to get a tattoo right now, I would get that Latin quote. Ah, just heads would love it. Yeah. <laughs> Foster friends. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a good one. There so go. there you go, Adam. It would be that quote. Check the show notes for the Latin translation. <laughs> <laughs> so next question comes from Mark McGark of Making Friends with Mark McGark at Markedly on Twitter. And be sure to follow at McGarkPod for the latest episodes. <laughs> so Mark asks, <clears throat> what are your favorite books? What are my favorite books? Um, I'm going to say, well, wait, in some Infinite Jest. Infinite Jest? I suppose, I mean, all David Foster Wallace's books are my favorite books. No, I shouldn't say all of. I think Ulysses is one of my favorite books. I think um, the collected stories of Ernest Hemingway. I mean, that's not, not a book, but I really love short stories. So Ernest Hemingway, short stories by Donald Barthelmay. That's one of my favorite books. Um, 60 Stories by Donald Barthelmay. Let's see favorite oh the little prince in french ah le petit prince le petit prince ouais. <laughs> cool because i think the english tra- the most common english english translation of it is really pretty um poor 
Yeah. So I always um, found that as well. Uh, I went to French immersion. Uh, so we read oh, really? like the French version. And then since then I've read the English version. It's like, yeah. I remember this being a lot better, <laughs> but right, it was, exactly. I'm thinking of the There's French so, version. It, it's, it's not nearly as rich or, um, yeah. Multi-layered. Mm-hmm. Translations are tough. Translations are tough. And if you put that Latin quote, like anybody who like comes across that quote, if you put if you run that through translation service, you're not going to get the same translation that Wallace gives for it. And there's a big debate about that, about whether he he did it wrong. He put it into the wrong wrong translation software (laughs) (laughs) or whether he's mistaken about his translation or whether like if being mistaken about the translation is part of the joke. But, um, oh man, there's so many potential opportunities yeah. for discussion. About yeah. That. Right. Okay. Well, uh, Mark asked another couple questions here. Uh, second question, what kind of writing do you like to do? I don't write much anymore. I mean, except for Twitter. So really short writing. Yeah. Short writing. That counts. I used to write short stories a lot more frequently than I do now. I mean, really short stories like microfiction. Or and really- I guess that's what, I guess that's my answer. Short. Yeah, things. short now. Uh, short stories. And uh, his final question, why is your hair so good? Why is my hair so Genetics, man. Woo, genetics. genetics. Shout out. Shout out to, to genetics. To everybody down the line who provided those sweet, sweet genes, yeah. <laughs> allowing you to grow that hair. Yeah. So very no, everyone good. in my family has great hair. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Sweet. So there you go, Mark. Thanks uh, for the questions, and be sure to follow uh, at MagarkPod on Twitter and check out his podcast. Now we come to the final question. It is from friend of the show, Sarah Joy Shockey. Yay, Sarah. And she asks, what are some of your funniest baby moments? Because we haven't alluded to this, but you're our mom. I'm your mom. Jess is a mom. <laughs> you're a mom. No, you're a mom. I am a mom. Oh, uh, our mom. Not everybody's mom. No. Just one mom. Yeah, just one. What do I feel? You know, everything she does is funny. Like, that's a really lame Uh, answer. Yeah, what did she do today? (laughs) She spoke a little French and it was hilarious. Oh, magnifique. Yeah, I I have these books that are in these little these kids' books that are in both languages, and so sometimes I'll read it to her all the way through in French, and sometimes I'll read it all the way through in English. And I, I'm convinced or that she answered we oui when I said en français. Um, she's she's 13 months old, and I could it could, ple- <laughs> could be complete coincidence that mm-hmm. she that I that I heard what I thought I heard. But I'm going with that. I mean, it was it was yeah. amusing. Way better story that you go with it that she said we oui and yeah. prefers the French version. Um, yeah, she prefers the French version. Yeah, uh, as a Canadian with uh, the dual languages, um, I definitely support your uh, your reading in multiple languages. It's very cool, and I think it's super uh, helpful for like development because you can understand languages on a different level. Yeah, that's great. So thank you very much, Sarah, for that question. And uh, thank you, Rachel, for answering all the questions. (laughs) So now we are winding it down, winding it down into the final segment. So grab bag. Um, So you're we've covered you're passionate about all these things, music, art, travel, synesthesia. Wait, did we cover that? We didn't cover that. What is that? I am. I have synesthesia, which is uh, some people would call it um, uh, an enhancement 
um, to um, perception and some people would call it a, a curse, <laughs> but it, so my wires are crossed okay. um, in some regards. I mean, I can smell colors and um, taste uh, voices and it just it a number of things right. are, I mean, it's not all the time. It's not an onslaught, like constantly I'm getting all of these signals mixed, but regularly enough and consistently enough across each of the modes to be a thing. And this is that's, this is something that a, a number of people, well, thousands of people have. Um, and it's, it's being it's it's only started to starting to be studied in any um, rigorous way. I haven't personally taken part in any studies, but I've been to a conference on the subject and um, from the perspective of, of philosophers, you know, Pete is a philosopher married to somebody who does philosophy professionally. And um, so his, his buddies are always having conferences about various aspects of, of what we can know and how we perceive the world. And so that, so it, it came up, um, some, a few people presented some interesting facts about synesthesia. So I'm passionate about it in the sense that like, I'm trying to convince people that I'm not a mutant. <laughs> yeah, I was going to um, say, you're kind of an X-Men. You're yeah, kind of yeah, it's an a X-Men. dumb, really, really dumb superpower, I've got to say. It's really dumb, especially in the case of you know, tasting voices. If somebody speaks to me and their voice tastes horrible, I can't be friends with them. That's it's not their fault. so interesting. <laughs> Has that happened? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's happened. Yes, it's happened. It's not happening now. So right. Don't worry about it. Oh, thank goodness. That would be making for an awful podcast for you. Yeah. My voice tasted like garbage or something, like an yeah, old all moldy kinds peach. Of like a, like what? A moldy peach? I don't know. A moldy peach. There, there's, um, there's, there's somebody whose name, you know, just the, the phonemes of his name. <clears throat> if anyone says it, I taste um, uh, lard. Like the feeling, oh, I have the feeling of ugh. like cooking fat in my mouth. It's disgusting. That is crazy. Mm, yeah. So, what are some of your more interesting um, wire crosses? <laughs> Hearing colors is one. I mean, I have a relation. Like, I, I can't read music, um, even though I have a, I, I have a, I, I studied music seriously for most of my life. I can't read music. I just, I have you very well developed ear. Play by and ear. And that's that's because when I hear when I hear music, I hear a, a set, a very distinct set of colors, and vice versa. When I see a color, I hear a tone. Okay. So that's how I learned to. So you could play like music. play a painting. Like you mm-hmm. could look at a yeah. Jackson Pollock and be like, "This is what this sounds like." Yeah. Meet mop moop. <laughs> Meet mop moop. That's pretty much <laughs> That's it. That's a classic yeah. Jackson Pollock uh, sound. <laughs> well, it's it's um, Jackson Pollock has a lot more going on than color. I mean, he's much more about layering and line. Yeah. And uh, movement. So yeah, I'm guess, not sure. I, I guess I picked a, wrong, a bad color music. guy. What about Monet? Monet. Oh yeah. He's got some good colors. Oh yeah. Impre- yeah. I love impressionism. I used to hate Monet because the music to me didn't sound like the same music from the period. So I wanted it to sound like the music <laughs> that people in the period were producing. For like, sure. oh, so this would make sense if it sounded like Chopin, but it doesn't sound like Chopin at all. Yeah, it sounds like Eminem. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> so that means, so visiting uh, museums or whatever must be extra cool or bad. 
Like Actually if some cooler bath. That's yeah, right. If someone's like you're enjoying the beautiful sounds of a painting, and then someone's voice tastes awful next to you, and you're mm-hmm. like, "Ah, oh, I gotta yeah, get out of here." Wow, that is incredibly interesting. I think probably <laughs> you're going to be the only guest with this particular superpower. You might be surprised. So, um, yeah, if anyone has any follow-up questions, <laughs> maybe reach out. Uh, you'll have the information. Wow, awesome. Yeah. So I think that is a great place to sort of wrap it up. Now, I think that you might have some shout-outs to do. Uh, your husband, Pete, yeah. he is on Twitter, but he also yes. does graphic but design. Yeah. yeah. So he um, he's just starting to get into graphic design as a hobby, and he makes these awesome these awesome little things. Most of them, a lot of them are philosophy jokes, but a lot of them aren't. They're just cool, like, designs on their own. And he has a, a, a page. Um, he has a Redbubble shop. Yeah, I'm looking and, at uh, it right you now. Get, you can get cool stickers uh, designs, and yeah. shirts and any you know, pillows. I don't know if anybody's got a pillow yet. Somebody got a mini skirt with one of his designs on it, oh, and that cool. was trippy. That's great. Yeah, I'm looking at it. There's mugs. Um, yeah, mugs. What are mugs? Mugs, yeah. Call back. Uh, there's one that says, like, I, lo- I love my femur or I heart my femur. It, yeah. and it has a bone. It's like a bone yeah. design. One that's just a duck and it has a duck. And then some like comic ones where there's like brains talking to each other. Uh-huh. Uh, really yeah. good. Yeah, really cool stuff. Um, clean lines. Nice designs. So yeah. everyone go check that out. I have a link in the show notes for this episode. Please check so it out. Go Please check it out. To, at least at least get some stickers because they're pretty rad. Get some stickers. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll get some stickers too. And yeah, and then did you want to plug your cello? Yeah, I want to plug my cello teacher, Noah Hoffeld. He is an amazing musician um, and he... He's not not just a classical musician, but he is a rock musician, and he has an album, um, and he um, does he does lots of you know, he's a composer, and he's just a brilliant human being. But he also is starting to teach more people cello online, um, usually through Skype or FaceTime or what have you. But mm-hmm. he, when I left the city, um, and he moved to a part of Brooklyn that's really hard to get to. Um, we decided that we were going to keep going with my lessons and online, the online experience has been, had been really awesome. I haven't, I've taken a little break from it because of the baby, but, um, he's just an incredible human being and a, a really wise and intuitive teacher. And if you've ever thought of taking cello lessons, I would highly recommend studying with him. There you go. And you can do it from anywhere. Like you said, online, do it from Sky- do it through Skype. And yeah. that's cool and very fun. We definitely need more cello players out there. So yes. please. Do you uh, play cello? I don't. I wish oh. I did. No, but we need you more. You said that as though yeah. like, you're one of us. Well, I'm convinced that we need more cello players. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I uh, dabble a little bit in guitar and uh, bass guitar, but not. I would not be able to teach people. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have a link to that in the uh, show notes. I think it's onlinecello.com. 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 <laughs> so <laughs> that's it. Thank you very much, uh, Rachel. And now we play the outro song and say goodbye to everyone. So thank you for listening. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. It was great. So many cool podcast stories. And that tasting stuff, tasting sounds, that's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tasting them right now. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Well, that's it. What a wild ride. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Rachel. If you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or send us a note on Twitter at FOTSPod. And don't forget to send a question for future guests. 
Next week's friend of the show is Sarah Henry at Catstronomical on Twitter. One of the great question askers will finally answer some questions. Uh, a former podcaster, Sarah has a great voice and is incredibly knowledgeable, so you might even learn a thing or two by listening. Please visit stephenwskinner.com for all the episodes and follow at SkinnerSteven because I'm trying to get more Twitter followers. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great one.